You're listening to the Midwest Marketing Orange Hour Podcast with your host, Brett Matthijs. Okay, I'm super excited for this podcast because we're just going to learn. People are going to learn so much and I'm going to learn a ton from you guys. But before we start to start the precedent, if I use wrong verbiage or a term that's completely Mm -hmm. off the mark where I'm going to confuse people, let me know because I'm guessing I'll do that at some point throughout the podcast. So let me know if I'm messing up. Don't be shy about it. (laughs) Sounds good. Okay. So you know when you're watching like a game, like, or not watching a game, when you're like listening to a game on your radio, like a sports game, a basketball Mm -hmm. game or football game, and the radio announcer goes, moving left to right on your radio dial. Let's do introductions like that. So (laughs) in honor of that guy who came up with that. So on my left of your radio dial. Ann Lisi with Children's Home Society. And then on the right of the radio dial. Chelsea Ogard with Lutheran Social Services. That was perfect. I think the guy who invented that would be really happy that we got that done. Yes, I agree. Okay. So as you, the listeners could hear, two different organizations, but they come together with three others, right? There's five total mm-hmm. to form the Why Not You collaboration. Can you give everyone just a brief introduction of Why Not You and how you guys are personally involved? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's, yeah, five of us. So I'd like to kind of share with you the five agencies that work together in this collaboration. So like I said, Children's Home and Lutheran Social Services. And then we have the state, the Department of Social Services, Bethany Christian Services, and Catholic Social Services. And what we do is we just work together to bring awareness in regards to the need in our community, as well as nationwide in regards to foster care and adoption and wanting to kind of get the word out um, in a team effort, really. We wanted to kind of create this kind of one-stop shop idea that people that are interested in foster care and adoption or interested in learning how they can become involved um, could come to one place and kind of get all of their questions answered by all of the agency and the the community leaders that deal with that population. Um, And so that's kind of what Mm -hmm. birthed Why Not You and and how we've kind of created and formed and adapted to the the shifting needs in the community. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that it's everyone's coming together and it's kind of your one-stop shop Mm -hmm. for information on adoption and foster care and things in that avenue. So whose idea was it to say, all right, we're going to combine forces and have a stronger unified message and be able to have people give that one-stop shop? Was it somebody one day was like, hey, let's do this? Or was it kind of just over time a gradual team effort? It's a great uh, question. Yeah, I guess, you know, I came from, I'm originally from Minnesota, and when we were there, they had this huge task force of all the agencies and stuff, and they'd work, be working together. And so when I came here, I noticed certain, you know, like agencies were working together, you know, fa- you know, agencies that did foster care were working together, agencies who did domestic infant and international were working together. And so often when visiting with families, they just don't understand what's all available. Like they want to help and be there for a child, but they don't understand, you know, what's best for our family. And so that's when I kind of said, you know what, why don't we all kind of get together instead of you recruiting and trying to, you know, share what LSS does, Lutheran Social Services, you know, why don't we all get together and share, like, here are the agencies, this is what we do, pick the agency and the services that best fit your family and what you're able to provide. And so, you know, I kind of got everyone together and just, you know, and everybody was on board with it. I mean, we were just really excited to work together because, I mean, we just want to do what's best for 
kiddos and yeah absolutely and you mentioned in minnesota that's like the like organization so your foster care organizations Mm -hmm. and your adoption organizations. so this is somewhat unique because we're combining both of those correct here with why not you Mm -hmm. that's correct awesome so if someone walks up to you on the street and says chelsea what does why not you do in a nutshell big broad umbrella statement could you explain to them what you guys do as why not you yeah so why not you is a collaboration that um brings forth community agencies that deal with foster care and adoption so that we can educate the public, recruit foster parents, and retain and provide support to those that are currently fostering or adopting. Okay, yeah, that's very good. Very brief, like a nice, just digestible, excuse me, Yeah. <laughs> digestible uh, introduction to what, it, what you guys do. Um, so starting with foster care, because foster care is, it's not like, oh, we, this kiddo needs a home. And now the process starts. It starts way before that, um, which maybe a lot of people don't realize. Um, So can you talk about the home study process that you guys go through at Why Not You or your individual agencies? Yeah. Yeah. So each agency does things a little bit differently. Um, Perfect. That was my next question. Yeah. There was variation. And that's kind of why, like Anne had said, why we've come together and created this collaboration because we know that each agency's approach is going to speak to families on a different level. Um, and so we, we wanted people to be able to kind of network and shop around and make sure that they know that we are all united. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we don't necessarily care which agency you choose to go with as long as you're choosing to move forward and, and help support um, youth and families that are going through this, this crisis that we have. Um, speaking specifically about Lutheran Social Services, we provide treatment-level foster care. Um, and so our home study process is similar to what the state would do initially with that 30-hour pride training, um, the, the two to four home visits throughout that kind of two to four-month process. Um, we do all background checks, criminal um, fingerprints with DCI and FBI. We do sex offender registries for every state that you've lived. Um, we do central registries, all of those types of things um, to make sure that you're providing a safe and adequate home. In regards to the home safety checklist, we want to go through and make sure that each kid is going to have a, a suitable living space um, for s- their sleeping arrangements and their belongings, things like that. We want to make sure that families are able to sustain another child in their home or sibling group, whatever they choose to do. Um, we want to make sure that their home is adequately up to code and things like that and in regards to safety concerns. Um, we do not at all come in with a white glove and make sure that you've dusted in the last 48 hours. Which I'm That's sure some people get intent. really nervous about. Absolutely. Sure we get do. that question a <laughs> lot, do. actually. And so we want to make sure that, that people know we want your home to be lived in. We want to see what it's going to look like um, kind of in the busy chaos of life. Um, and then we just partner with you and kind of give you areas and tools and tricks and, and training for things that you maybe not be well-versed in. Um, things like trauma and adverse childhood experiences are huge with the kids that we're working with. So we want to make sure that you have a really good, solid foundation to make sure that you can address needs in that area. Um, we start looking at lots of attachment issues and trainings and things like that. Um, on top of that 30-hour pride training to be licensed at a treatment level, you have to have an additional 12 hours. 
um, of training. And that we really start looking at kind of those behavior trainings and things like that, because those are going to be things that you're going to address and you're going to have to kind of learn how to deal with those functionally. Um, and so we want to make sure that you're equipped and prepared to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So you talked about training a little bit and you said something about the 30 hour training mm-hmm. type of deal. Um, what does that training look like for someone that's interested in foster care? Like what, when they go to training or training comes to them, however it works, what kind of training is it go through and what are the forms that it takes? That's a really great question too. And as we're sitting in a podcast appreciating technology today, um, that has certainly adapted how we provide training to families as well. Um, a lot of the training that families have to go to specifically with that pride training, can be done in your jammies on your couch on a Saturday afternoon or whatever works conveniently for your family. I'm going to put you on the spot here, but what does pride stand for? Parent Parent Resource resource Information (laughs) and Development Development and Education. Very good. I buy it. If it's not right, (laughs) I buy it. Just smile and nod, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Awesome, awesome. So, yeah, is it all technology now or is there some where you Those have to go 30 hours they're very technology driven and mm-hmm. we try to make it adaptable to each family's unique needs um, i'm not opposed to meeting outside of regular business hours i've met some families on the weekends because that's what works for them yeah, yeah. Um, we understand that that families that come into this also have very busy lives oh yeah um, and so we want to try to be as adaptable as we possibly can Okay. Yeah. So when we're looking at foster care, what is the overall goal of foster care? Like if a child goes into a foster with a foster family, what's the overall goal? Is it to reunite that yeah, child? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The hope anytime a child comes into care is to reunify them with their birth family or birth relatives. 100%. Fam- I mean, kids do best with their family. Yeah, if that can be. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so how long would you say the average time? Of course, there's going to be outliers both sure. ways, but the average time that a child spends with a foster family. So the state can actively seek reunification for about a year. And I would say that that's pretty typical. Pretty typical. Yeah. Um, during that time, we're very blessed to get to live in the area that we do because all of the agencies really do work together for the best interest of kids. Um, and so it's not uncommon for our foster families to really have contact and, and maintain contact um, towards the tail end of the, the child's placement with them so that they can build connections with that family because we know that kind of those soft handoffs mm-hmm. work better for kids and we yeah. see better outcomes. Um, it's also not uncommon for our foster families to maintain kind of contact after that kiddo has moved on. Um, and provide support to the to the birth families as well. Absolutely. So when I was doing my research here, because I needed to come in a little prepared, <laughs> um, what I didn't know is there's two different kinds of foster care. There's your yeah. traditional and your mm-hmm. therapeutic. Can you guys walk us through the different kinds, how they are similar and how they differ? Yeah. Oh, my. Start with so. whatever one you want, traditional <laughs> well, or I guess traditional technically would be considered like the Department of Social Services, where kids are coming into care due to abuse and neglect, and they, the state is working closely with that family in the hope to reunify um, and assist that family in that crisis to hopefully be able to place those kids back home. And, you know, with traditional foster care, you're, you know, you're doing the home study, you're um, having those kids come into your home, you know, anywhere from birth to 18 years of age. Um, you're working closely just, yeah, with the state where therapeutic foster care 
looks a little different in the sense that it's a unique model. You know, you're getting that additional training. You're having, you know, again, I mean, kids between really the ages of zero to 18 again. But what's unique about therapeutic or treatment, foster care, is the services, I guess, sometimes that you're receiving due to the fact that kids are coming in with maybe a higher level of needs. And so the agency is going to work with you and implement the services um, that will best help that child heal in your home. Um, a lot of times, too, with therapeutic foster care, the kids are in your home for a longer period of time. Okay, that was my next question, too. Yeah. You guys are just rocking it right now. Yeah. <laughs> How much, you say a longer period of time, because you said the yeah. typical is one year about, is it upwards of three years, or am I overestimating there? Is it anywhere in between or is it kind of more sporadic because it depends on the level of therapy needed it really does depend um it really does and and a lot of factors kind of play into that um it depends on who has custody of that kiddo so if it's a kid in state custody or tribal custody sometimes that can really affect the timeline um things like the the behaviors that that youth displays could really affect their reunification efforts and what that permanent plan looks like. Um, I think it's really crucial to note, too, when we're talking about therapeutic care or treatment-level foster care, both agencies that offer that service to our community, you're going to be able to pick up the call no matter what Mm -hmm. time of day and receive support from that kiddo's caseworker or a person that knows that kid's case really well. Okay. Um, Because we do understand Mm -hmm. that behaviors don't stop at 5 p.m. and they don't take breaks on weekends. Quite honestly, that's kind of when you're kind of at the heat or the height of that behavior. And so we want to make sure that families feel supported through that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Before we swing over to adoption, is there anything that I missed in the foster care realm of things or something that really needs to be brought up if there's a stat or anything or maybe we gave a good overview and we can swing over to adoption right now no I guess I just like to say that you know it just takes time and like part of that home study process that we talked about in the beginning you know it is us assessing a family about you know what are their strengths and where are their needs or areas that you know we can support them more in but I want families to know that it's also an opportunity for them to assess us as an agency or um, the program that they have chosen to grow their family or to help the community and to decide whether or not, you know, gosh, was this right for me? That at any point, if they're like, you know what, this is just too big of a commitment or this isn't right for my family, it's their opportunity to assess as well. It goes both ways because we really like to look at this as a team effort. It's not just Absolutely. You know, you working with us, it's us working together as a whole. Very cool. Down the two-way street. Well, awesome. We're going to take a little break, and we'll come back to talk about the adoption process. Sounds great. Okay, thanks. Hey, guys and gals. It's Brett Matice, the host of the Midwest Marketing Podcast. I need you to do me a favor really, really quick. I promise you it won't take long. However you're listening to this here podcast, go on to iTunes, Stitcher, maybe it's on our website, whatever it is. Go give us a five-star rating. See those stars? There's going to be five of them. Just go to the one furthest on the right-hand side. Click that one. Maybe write a few quick nice words about us. Unless you don't like us very much, then don't write anything at all. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Let's get back to listening. All right, so I said we're going to swing over to adoption, which Mm -hmm. I know is not your guys' maybe expertise, but you're definitely more knowledgeable than I am about it. So maybe you'll be able to shed some light and teach me a few things. Um, With adoption, there's two different kinds. You have your domestic and international. So fairly self-explanatory on the like just initial view of it it's like obviously international is coming from an international country 
but what are a little more nuanced points of view of what are the differences? Well, let me share by starting. You can also adopt through foster care. Okay. So yeah. there is also foster care adoption where kids, um, unfortunately, who can't be reunified um, become legally free for adoption. And so there are kids who, and adoption that we do know in that yeah. era, I guess. I think one statistic about that that just came out in most recent um, data that was released by the state was actually 50% of kids, actually more than 50% of kids that are adopted out of foster care are adopted by their foster parents. Um, and that's just an incredible Which statistic is awesome. to me. Because yeah, that is, that is really yeah, cool. Creating permanency for kids and making sure that we're building those lasting connections. So Okay, mm-hmm. so jumping back to that, because that opens up a whole other yeah. can of questions. <laughs> Is uh so they're in the kid is in foster care, correct? And uh, they go through whatever period. Then how do we determine, or how do you guys determine when it's time for that kid to be adopted? Well, this or up for the adoption yeah. process. Yeah. Well, the state and the court um, get to make those decisions. Okay. And so once you know it is legally uh, decided in court that a child is no longer able to be placed with. Um, birth parents or birth relatives, then that child becomes legally free. And we consider looking at other connections that child has, whether it's the foster family or another family who is wanting to adopt through foster care. Okay. That is really cool. Up like 50% of, man, that's Mm -hmm. a good stat. That's a very good stat. And it's awesome because then kids don't have to move. Mm -hmm. They don't have to change schools. They get to keep their friends. I mean, it's a huge an amazing thing when a foster family um, is able to take that on. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. Awesome. So now swinging back to domestic yeah. and international, is there more than meets the eye with that stuff when it comes to differences between those two? There well, always is. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think. I mean, talking, you know, let's say of domestic infant adoption, I mean, just the specifics of that is, you know, that's when a birth parent um, is choosing to voluntarily terminate their rights um, because they're unable um, to parent. And so they place that child and then that birth parent is able to select often, um, the adoptive family and adoptive families, you know, complete like a profile, like a book about themselves. And so birth parents are able to view those and select the family and hopefully build a relationship, um, with one another, um, so that they can continue to hopefully keep that connection. Um, with that kiddo. Absolutely. You know, with domestic infant too, I know that LSS does a lot of like birth parent counseling. Um, And so kids that enter into kind of the adoption or domestic adoption um, typically have had been able to kind of form a relationship because we know that the families that are giving their children up for adoption have been given all of the options and really thought about what that was going to look like for their kids. Um, and have chosen to parent them through adoption. Um, and so they, they typically, like I said, have been able to build a little bit better of a, a connection or a bond with the adoptive parents. Um, and that, again, for that kiddo is going to mean huge, huge differences in attachment um, and what kind of their self-worth looks like moving forward. Absolutely. So, so you guys are saying domestic infant adoption. So correct. obviously infants. Is that the most popular kind of adoption is, is like when they are infants or is it more spread out? Oh, I don't know if I would say it's necessarily the yeah. most popular. Um, popular may be my wrong word choice. Most common. <laughs> most common. Yeah, I think there. it used to be, but I don't know necessarily that it's the most common today. 
you know, I couldn't, I guess, give you specific stats on that necessarily, but... I think that when we look at families that are truly looking at just adoption and not foster to adopt or those types of Mm -hmm. situations, that might be a little bit more common. Um, But yeah, I, I, I... to give you specific yeah. information, I yeah, guess I would Of course, we can look it up and head. put it in the show notes for anyone that's really yeah. interested in, in sure. looking into that type of stuff. That'd be um, great. So international adoption, is there more steps than domestic or is it a oh, very... Absolutely. Si- <laughs> it is more. It is more intensive. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. The, the big difference with that is it depends on the country you're adopting from. Okay, because so there the is different not, countries have different Yeah, uh, there is not kind of a blanket process for what that looks like. Um, so I know that... W- like in the U.S., we see a lot of adoptions through China and mm-hmm. Africa and those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really does depend on the country that you're looking at and the, and the rules that they have in regards to what that adoption process looks like. Okay. Yeah, and each country has their own requirements, too, in mm-hmm. moving forward. And so it's, yeah, it's very unique. Yeah, you said China and some countries in Africa are, yeah. are popular mm-hmm. here for adopting into the United States. Are there any mm-hmm. others that are high ranking high on the list of countries that we see a lot of? adopted kids from or you know because I don't yeah. work with that population yeah. immensely um, I don't have great information but in my context through why not you with Bethany Christian and with the Catholic the adoption Social worker Services. at LSS and then the workers at Catholic Social Services um, the information we have is that those are really the the more populated areas that we see adoptions coming through. Absolutely. So um, as I was, again, doing my research to be a little more prepared for this, um, you guys are offering pre- and post-adoption services. Um, What does a pre-adoption service look like? And then we'll move on to post-adoption services and what some of that thing looks like. Yeah. Yeah, I guess some of the pre-adoption services is the whole home study process and the training that goes with that, as well as just ongoing training throughout the process. Each agency kind of creates their own training curriculum throughout that process of, you know, the home study, the waiting period, um, when that child comes home. The agency is always assisting that family and offering those training pieces. So that's kind of the pre, I guess, adoption piece. And then the post. It's just really to make sure that things are going smoothly or as, as smoothly as they possibly can. Um, inevitably, there are going to be some bumps along the way. Oh, and so of course, it's that parenting. agency just wants to kind of provide that additional support and extra assistance throughout that post-adoption period. Okay. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. I'm sure maybe I'm completely off base here, but costs must come up a lot with oh, both foster does. care yeah. and adoption. Is there yes. services that you guys with your agencies provide to help with costs or, or kind of maybe help budget with costs or anything like that? You know, I can say that no matter what agency you're going to go with, they're going to have additional resources and, and they kind of network those. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we want to make sure that Cost is not the barrier to adoption. Um, any agency that you go through is going to assist you in, in locating the services that are right for your family. Um, I know that there are lots of services out there that are geared toward helping kids find forever homes through adoption. Um, and so that certainly is something that we want to, the kind of a myth buster, that that is kind of what stops most families because it is a question that we get often. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I know is, 
a little bit easier to swallow when, when we're going through this process is that it's not a big lump sum of money that you just have to come up with, um, that it is incremental and that, you know, you have fees associated with the home study and you have fees associated with terminating legally, um, terminating parental rights and that kind of thing. So it, it is something that you get to kind of um, do lots of fundraising and, and kind of this mm-hmm. process um, that doesn't just hit you all at once, which yeah, is a absolutely. little bit easier. For sure. Um, so this doesn't really flow with the conversation, but I, I've had a question, and it was actually when I attended your guys' event at the Dahl Art Center, um, mm-hmm. someone asked this question. I thought it was a very good question. Um, he asked, because you have Lutheran social services and Catholic social services, mm-hmm. some of these are related to religious entities. Do you? He asked, do you have to be Catholic or Lutheran or of that denomination to you know work with your agency? Does, how does that work? You know, and that's a great question. I'm so glad that he asked. I'm glad that you asked it again today. Um, There are some agencies that do require you to be a member of a church, not necessarily their religious beliefs. Um, Like Catholic Catholic Social Services does require you to be an active member. Um, Bethany Christian Services does require you to be an active member of a Christian church. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not the case with every agency. Like Lutheran Social Services um, does not require you to be an active member of of a congregation. We truly want to help any family that's interested in becoming a forever home, whether that be adoption or foster care, Um, regardless of race, religion, sexual orientation, anything like that. We want to make sure that we're getting kids to the right homes. Yeah, Yeah, and that would be true for Children's Home and the Department of Social Services as well. Yeah, that's. Uh, I just thought that was so interesting, um, and it really does sound like a case by case basis or agency by agency basis, I should say. Mm-hmm. Where it's like go in and check, and maybe you'll get a yes, and maybe you'll get a no. Um, but it's good to kind of you know look at the Absolutely. whole grand scheme yes. of things. Awesome. Yeah. So, kind of transitioning to how you guys got into your role specifically, as it is a very interesting field to work in. So, how? Yeah. Well, I'll ask you each the same question. I'll have you each answer. But how did you guys? get into the field? And is that like a typical route that someone would take to get into your position? Yeah, that's a great question. Hmm. Chelsea, do you want to take that first? (laughs) Quite honestly, I I had never really known what you could do with social work. I thought it was truly like you had to work for the state and you worked with traumatized kids. And um, there was kind of this misnomer about kind of what that world entailed. Um, I started social work working with juvenile delinquents um, and then segued into foster care because of my education. Um, I needed to find an internship, and this was just the perfect way for me to kind of stay with the agency that I love and get to work with kids in a different way. Um, What I have found, to my amazement, is that I love foster care and I love adoption, and I love helping kids and families connect in a a very unique way. I love the challenges that are presented through this scheme of social work because there are challenges in abundance sometimes, um, but really get to kind of look at the, the world from a bird's eye view and help families kind of narrate their story and help kids redefine their narrated story um, has just been very rewarding and, and something that I'll ever be thankful for. Very good. And you got to top that now. Oh, got it. No, <laughs> God, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. You know, I I don't know how I specifically, I guess, pick social work, but, um, you know, I grew up, my best friend was adopted. Um, I had neighbors who were adopted internationally, and then my cousin was adopted. And so I was kind of surrounded in regards to 
those pieces and I always found um, it fascinating of how their families were created. And so I guess I just kind of looked into, you know, how can you help kids and families in that way, which is how I learned of social work. And then what I love about social work, I guess, which is so unique is you can work in such a variety of fields and help people in such, you know, different avenues that, yeah, I was just really drawn, I guess, to this field. And I think family units are super unique and people are fascinating to me. And so I just love getting to help people learn about their story and walk this journey with them. I mean, it's just been something I'm super passionate about. And I just, you know, when it comes to foster care, I guess I just have this drive that, gosh, every kid needs to be in a safe, loving home. And I just love to be able to be a part of that and to educate our community about these kids that linger in care sometimes and Mm -hmm. people are, it's like, these are going to be adults in our community. So let's really try to help these kiddos, you know, while they're young and be such a strong, loving support for them because these are going to be people in our community. So let's, yeah, I don't know. Specifically with the Why Not You, what we get to do is really powerful. We get to educate the public about what it means to be a foster family or an adoptive family. Um, Because quite honestly, the kids that we work with look really scary on paper sometimes. And so we get to be kind of the agency or the the driving force that gets to show people and families the kid behind the behavior um, and and what they look like beyond kind of all of their stats or their their referral sheet. And so we get to we get to show them. Um, that they're so profound when we get to look beyond all of that. Yeah. The thing that I love about both those answers is you can tell that they come from like a pa- a place of this like true passion and mm-hmm. caring and just yep. love of your job and what mm-hmm. you do and love of the kids that you're working with. And it was like just paralleled with both of those answers <laughs> where you can hit a lot of people with like, I don't know, this guy kind of fell into it. It's like, no, I really love it. And it was like filled with a lot of passion. I just mm-hmm. v- very much so enjoy the, both of those answers. But so if someone say a prospective high school student is listening to this, yeah. what's your advice to them to they go to college for this major or to get into that kind of social work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah. like Ann said, you can go anywhere with a degree in social work. You really can. Um, if you're more geared toward like the sciences and, and research, there's that avenue. If you want to work in the school system, there's that avenue. If you want to work in like a clinical setting, you can absolutely do that. Um, it's one of those kind of umbrella type of fields that there are so many different avenues that you can work with. Um, And you can rest assured that no matter what avenue you choose to take, you're going to make a profound difference, Um, not only in the clients' lives that you work with on a daily basis, but everyone that they work with moving forward. Um, You just, you can't beat that. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very Mm -hmm. cool. So I know this is fairly brief and this is a unbelievably vast subject Um, but I hope (laughs) we gave a decent (laughs) overview of what we have going on with why not you and the different agencies that work under the why not you umbrella is there anything that's real important again just as a vast I know I asked it about foster care as well but just in general anything that I missed that people really need to know I think if you're at all interested in anything that you've heard today Mm -hmm. come to one of our events and learn a little bit more become educated so that you can make a good decision for your family um 
we have those periodically throughout the year. Our next one is coming up. And when is that one? Yes, it's this Friday, actually, the 15th at South Canyon Baptist Church. And it's going to be at 6 o'clock. And all the agencies from the Why Not You are going to be there. And we're going to present and talk about everything that we kind of did here today. And yeah, it's just an awesome opportunity. Cool. If you to, can't make March that 15th. one, yeah, mm-hmm. if you March can't 15th. make that one, make sure to check out our Facebook page. We post mm-hmm. on there when, whenever we're going to have an, uh, an event coming up. Absolutely. Um, additionally to that, we've got the Empowered to Connect that we're helping sponsor to make sure that we are um, providing that ongoing education and assistance and support to our right. families. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And we will, in the show notes as well, put up a list of events and keep them updated so that Perfect. people know what, what's going on mm-hmm. and, and where they can check you guys out at. Great. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I guess to wrap up, is there any last minute shot thoughts that, I mean, anything doesn't have to be related to foster care. If you heard a unique story, anything at all, concluding <laughs> thought. Uh. If not, that's okay. I, I have nothing. No, I just, yeah, I hope people, yeah, consider the different avenues they can, you know, go in regards to foster care or adoption and that they really place that on their heart and think about it because it is such a huge need in our community. Um, I just hope people understand that. And when they're stuck and wondering, well, what agency do I choose? I get that so often. And I say, just meet with them all at one of these Why Not You events and you know, you'll feel drawn towards an agency or to a social worker or something and just go that way. We just, yeah, we just want people to really consider foster care and adoption. Very cool. I guess if you want information, check out Why Not You on Facebook. Absolutely. Um, If you get to an event, if you can, that's where you're going to get even more information, get face-to-face. And otherwise, thanks, Ann and Chelsea, for coming on and talking to me. Um, And thanks for tuning in. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having us.